0: Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.
1: Hey, everybody, let's get it started. Got a new week here. Hopefully your Easter was a wonderful Easter, he has risen. Isn't that a wonderful thing? You got tax day. You might want to go ahead and cut that check and get that out today. Don't want to be late on that. And look, it was a tough morning for me, Nerney. DT, I had to fire the yard man early this morning, so that was not pleasant. I've got my two boys now that I'm turning over the yard work to this summer. We're going to see how it goes. I told the yard man to check back at the end of the summer, and we're going to see where we're at. But uh, not, not a comfortable thing firing him earlier this morning. How
2: long had you, you guys been together prior uh, to that? I'm
1: guessing four or five years. Ooh, that hurts. And I'm looking for ways to cut back with the expenses, and this is just one of them. So uh, he had to go. Sean Ernie in the house. He's ready to get to work as our great engineer. We got Road Dog Gillespie out and about. Derek Thomas in the studio helped producing the show. So what do you say we go ahead and get this thing started? Bucks big take. Yeah, the big take. All right, the new Bulldogs took the stage Saturday for G-day. And man, it was fun to be back in Sanford Stadium. And great to see Coach Kirby Smart's 22 team. What's up, Buck? Offensively, the dogs, they've got a real shot to be dangerous. And listen closely to the reasons why. I've got several of these. Number one, Stetson Bennett, the mailman, and Carson Beck are big-time quarterbacks. I'm telling you, both of them, big-time quarterbacks. And I'm going to break it down a little deeper a little later in the show. Number two, Nerney, you'll appreciate this. It looks like, to me, the starting five for Georgia on the offensive line, we're talking strong, we're talking solid. So the O-line's looking good. Number three, they got a trio of capable running backs that might be better than what they had a year ago. Number four, the Bulldogs offense in this 22 season have at least 10 quality big play weapons for the quarterbacks to get the ball to. I'm serious, 10 to 12 guys that if you give them the ball in open space, they're going to do some damage. And number five, Coach Todd Monken's scheme, it's outstanding. Now, defensively, the Bulldogs are in a work-in-progress situation. Right now, just looking at what was going on at G-Day, Kirby's got concerns at all three levels of this Georgia defense. So here's my critique. For the Georgia Bulldogs to be a contender this season, Coach Kirby Smart has got to lead with the offense, period. Go tempo. Attack with the passing game. Let the mailman spread it around to all of those weapons. Average 40 points a game be one of the top offenses in college football. The Bulldogs do that. Well, Georgia has a shot to repeat. And there's my big take. Let's Thank hear from both. Stetson uh, talking about where he is and this offense is right now.
3: you got a brand new car and you own it and, and you want to make sure that you know the engine's clean and you change the oil and you get gas in it and you make sure the brakes are checked and just make sure everything's running, running properly.
1: You tell him Stetson. Mailman, I know the stats. We can sit here all day and talk about the stats. Spring football games rarely is going to be clean, and that's going to affect the quarterbacks and the stats on the stat sheet. I'll be talking about Stetson and Carson Beck, who I was really impressed with a little later in the show. Right now, though, let's let's chop it up, brother. Time to talk braves. Let's chop it up. Presented by Haug Law Group, your local personal injury attorneys. HaugLawGroup.com. All right, great news to start the week. Don't you love it when you get great news early in the week? I know I do. Ronald Acuna Jr. back tomorrow night down in Jacksonville playing for the Jumbo Shrimp. It's a minor league rehab start. And I'd say Bregan Field at 121 Financial Park in Jacksonville. I'm just assuming the attendance is going to be up big time. When you got one of the, the top five players in the world today showing up in Jacksonville to play a minor league game, well, go ahead and expect that attendance. That stadium down there is really nice. If you look over the right field fence there, you can see the Jaguar Stadium. So downtown, really nice ballpark. One of the better ones I've seen out there in minor league baseball. I think seats six to 11,000 people. And they are the AAA affiliate of the Miami Marlins. Oh, Lord. Oh, goodness. They're not going to try to hit Acuna, are they? I mean, that's something the Marlins would do, those dirty, rotten scoundrels. Say what, if all goes well for Acuna... That right knee where he had the ACL surgery that he's been rehabbing, this will be a huge boost to this Atlanta Braves ball club. And I'm, I'm best case scenario, thinking next home stand, which starts on Friday, we might be seeing Acuna in the house here at Truist Park come Friday at the end of the week. And I say that because Ronald Acuna, best I can tell, He's right now the all-time best fitness level because of the rehab he had to go through on the knee. He's never been this fit before. And also, I don't believe he's ever been this hungry, this motivated to go out and explode, and we could certainly use that at the top of the lineup. We're off to a decent start. Put Acuna up top, though. We're talking about boosting this lineup, and maybe we will be scoring runs in bunches by the end of this week. So great news there with Ronald Acuna Jr. As we get ready to tee it up and uh, play against the Dodgers, man, here we go. Is this Are we rivals now? Yeah, two years ago, the Dodgers knocked us out of the playoffs. They go on and win the World Series. And then last season, we kicked the Dodgers out of the playoffs. We go on to win the World Series. What do they say in the uh, UFC, the trilogy? I mean, that's uh, the movie, uh, movie genres where we're
3: looking at the trilogy this year. I'll call it a rubber match. That's what I'll do.
1: Yeah, looking forward to this. Braves in L.A. for the first of three coming up late tonight. You got to stay up late to see Noah tonight. 10-10 start in this one, first of three. Dodgers, they've won six in a row. I believe they're seven and two now, number one in the West, and they're scoring runs and uh big number, putting up some crooked numbers in that lineup. First time we're gonna face Freddie Freeman. That's gonna be odd. Freddy's hitting second in that Dodger lineup, went four for five yesterday with three RBI, had four singles. He's off to a really good start, 12 for 37. That's a 324 clip. So this is going to be odd seeing Freeman going up against the Bravos. They got Trey Turner hitting behind Freddie. He's off to a great start. Chris Taylor always seems to do damage against us. Both those guys with hot bats right now. Now, uh, the ending in San Diego last night wasn't a lot of fun because we ran into a motivated and very sharp you Darvish, who just went out and dominated. Six and two-thirds. Allows four hits and one earned run. Struck out eight. Didn't walk anybody. And our uh, rookie elder got off to a little... Well, he didn't really have his good stuff last night. Still, though, I was sort of proud of the rookie. Uh, rough, rugged first inning. He goes out and takes it into the fifth inning, which certainly helps this bullpen. Strider out there looking pretty good, too. And what about Marcel Ozuna? He is just killing it right now. Do you know Marcel Ozuna is hitting the ball harder than any other hitter in baseball to get the season started? His exit velo is number one in Major League Baseball. He's got 22 knocks where the exit velo is over 95-plus. He's hitting it hard. And I tell you what, this is something I really value. I don't know about you guys, DT Nerdy. I I value hitting the
3: ball hard. Yeah, you say hit it where they ain't, but... Uh, if you hit the ball I've hard, I've never looked at it that way. Yeah, I, mean, you're gonna, I can't remember one time, Derek Tom, <laughs> going up to the plate and
1: thinking, okay, if I could just bloop one of these balls in, then I'm going to be happy. No, you're going up there with a the focus of squaring the ball up,
3: hitting the ball hard, and right now nobody's hitting it harder than Marcelo Zuna. He takes those aggressive swings. He gets his money worth. There's no, there's no doubt about yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know anybody that thought, man, if I could just bloop one in. <laughs> Well hey no, Tony Gwynn he he used to shoot shoot it right there in between second and or, uh, short yeah, and third and he was trying to do that though I mean, you yeah. see a lot of these hits the guy is just yeah, just uh, you got this little
1: bloop falling in in front of the right fielder just over the reach of the second baseman. I, I've never felt good as a baseball player standing on first base after, after a, one of those After hits. a
3: Texas leaguer. Yeah, no doubt the hard... I would rather hit it hard right at somebody than do that. Yeah, it's hard to be frustrated with a guy when he does hit it hard. Unless the game-winning run's scored. And run run to first hard.
2: And the problem with the Braves is that, yeah, you're having success. Matt Olson's obviously killing the ball. Zuna's doing his thing. Austin Riley's not up to a great great start but he's not off to a terrible start the problem is uh, the end of the order uh you know uh, number nine and number one in the batting order are not getting on base you're not getting Matt olson has got you know he's hitting 500 hitting rockets time and time again but your number nine hitter and Dansby Swanson and whoever you got in a leadoff role they're not getting on base we need to coon you back
1: yeah and we're close man I'm thinking maybe at the end of the week best case scenario
3: you think it could be with the big league club this week
1: by Friday Woo!
3: Your, your lips to God's ears. It's going to be awesome, man.
1: That lineup's going to get a little deeper. All right, let's get to the Buck Blue uh, show headline, and that's brought to you by Grease Monkey. <laughs> Oil changes and more. The work is done fast, it's done right. Tell you what, visit GreaseMonkeyAuto.com for store locations and special offers. Uh, well, I saw immediately at the start of Game 1 in the NBA playoffs, Hawks and Heat. I saw what the Miami Heat's plan was. Eric Spolstra, the plan that he put in place. And that is to get physical, especially with Trey Young. Try to push him around a little bit. And I don't see any back down in Trey. How about when Butler grabbed him, grabbed Trey by the throat as the game got underway. And I noticed that not one player on the Hawks team jumped over to his defense. And I was embarrassed by that, by the way. Look, Capella's out hurt, which obviously hurts, and I think he's our enforcer, the veteran who's been around the block more than once. He plays tough. He plays physical. I bet Capella would have come to his defense. But Okongwu, he's not an enforcer. John Collins, he's not an enforcer. Uh, Neither is DeAndre Hunter or Herder or Bogey. All these guys seem to be in the nice guys category. And they allowed the heat to push him around in game number one and push around the star player and Trey Young. And I don't like that one bit. Spolstra is just using one of those old Pat Riley tricks. Get physical with them, baby. And I hope Nate McMillan, and I tweeted this out during the game yesterday, I hope Nate McMillan has challenged his team To not allow this to go on anymore in this series. Game two coming up tomorrow night in Miami. Come on, Hawks. Don't allow these guys to bully you around. That's embarrassing. And what's not embarrassing, if you're listening on the mobile app here, the fan, that's driven by Beaver Toyota of coming. Beaver Direct, the fastest and easiest way. To shop online for your next vehicle, visit BeaverToyotaOfComing.com. And you can download that fan app right now in the iTunes and Google Play Store. Smart speaker, that is presented by South Point Financial Services, the mortgage professionals. You'll learn more about them at SPFS.com. Did I mention the 10 o'clock hour on the fan is sponsored by the Haug Law Group. You can't spell Haug without the U, the G, and the A. You can get more at Haug Law Group. Dot com. All right, coming up next, we're going to hit the big reveal that went down over in Athens over the weekend. And I'm not even talking about the book either. Well, I will mention that. But, you know, in this case, the big reveal wasn't, wasn't exactly the book. We'll talk about it next. Glad you're with me. It's the Buck Blue Show on Atlanta sports station, The Fan, 680 and 93.7. <laughs> Days off to a great start. It's the Buck Baloo Show here on Atlanta Sports Station. The fans, 680 and 93.7. Get a good week started here. Busy weekend, my goodness. Uh, G-Day on Saturday had the book signing. That went well. And I'll mention that a little later in the show. Hawks in business. Braves busy out on the West Coast. A lot to get to. I had some golf to check out. What do you say we just hit all some of these things and what's popping? Let's find out what's popping.
3: A lot of, lot popping out there, DT. Yeah, maybe some of the most exciting news we've had around in a while. Ronald Acuna starting the rehab assignment tomorrow with Triple Angle Net. With the Jumbo's friend. Oh yeah, yeah, they're down in uh, was it Jacksonville? Yeah, man, that stadium's nice. I heard Ben Ingram talking about it on the on the uh, on the broadcast yesterday. That's going to be a hot ticket, I imagine. Uh,
1: Well, I tell you what, if you're a baseball fan, follow the
3: Braves. You live in Jacksonville, why wouldn't you go out and cheer him on? Go see one of the best players in the game. Absolutely. Yeah, but I mean, how excited should we be about this? Is this? I mean, is this instant impact coming from Ronnie? Is he going to need some time to ease in?
1: Well, it looks like we got other guys still trying to ease in. Okay. Like Dan my goodness. Yeah. It's been a rough start for a couple of guys. But and can... have you seen the video of Acuna swinging the bat in the cage, taking BP? Watching it for months, but Man, uh, we're talking about a guy that's hungry. He's motivated. He's as fit as he's ever been. Plug and play at the top of this batting order, and we're going to look a
3: lot better, by golly. Are we going to see an even hungrier? Ronald Acuna as he had to sit around and watch all of his boys win the World Series last year. And as he was watching yeah. now, he got a ring. Oh, yeah. He's on the team. He was a big part of the team, but you he wasn't there for the postseason him. run. Right. Yeah. I know that hurt
1: him not being a part of that. So, yeah, I think we got a, a motivated Ronald Acuna Jr. And you plug in, plug him in that lineup, man. It's going to be fun to
2: watch. I, I can't wait to see
3: it really filling out the lineup especially that bottom half that sean was talking about a little earlier oh man for alex sure, dickerson i
2: can yeah. understand he's hitting the ball hard at times but what is he hitting like zero like what, zero fifty 50 right now he's got one hit on the air yeah oh
1: my
3: goodness yeah and how about uh, rosario and out it, there kicking the ball all over the outfield man i also, mean, you gotta get him out of there also not hitting the ball very well either so we'll see maybe ronald and it's not even said that's a boost for the club not you know obviously on field production but well, when you get He's one of the top ten player. players
1: in the world today back in the lineup, that's a huge boost.
3: Yes. Looking forward to it. I can't wait. And li- I'd like your idea, Buck. Maybe this week. That's exciting. Yeah, Friday. Well, we'll go back to uh, the weekend. You mentioned G-Day. How was everything? And, and not just on the field. You had the book signing. Uh, you, you, How did the book signing go? What did you think of the team on the field?
1: Well, like the Alabama fans, you know, some people making some excuses out there uh, that pull for the tide, right? I mean, well, it was Easter weekend. Uh, we had the the rain was falling on Saturday morning, but the book signing went well. There we go, man. It was fun to be in the bookstore. I was hanging out with uh, Sawyer, July. Schaefer mm-hmm. yeah, okay, and also Quay Walker. They were in there signing autographs, so I got to know them a little bit. It's been an exciting time for them, all those guys looking to get drafted. And that was fun. Let me just say the Bulldog Nation is as passionate of a fan base as there is in college football. So the support that I was feeling uh, was just a wonderful thing with the book. It went well. Thanks for asking. And as far as the play on the field, it was a big reveal happened between the hedges, as I talk about inside the hedges in the book. But between the hedges – Man, i tell you, Rick Gilbert really flashed on Saturday. Two touchdown catches. I mean, we're talking about a guy 240 pounds that essentially, I know they may have him listed as a tight end, but he was not lined up in line next to the offensive tackle. He was split. He was in a slot. And he's a handful running that middle of the field and running those routes. Uh, Gilbert Gilbert absolutely look fantastic no bulldog fans were excited to see that let's hear from kirby talking about a rig
3: Rick's a really uh, tough physical player that's done a good job. Um, He's—I'm more proud of the practices he had leading up to today than today. I mean, today was a little bit icing on the cake. He got some good breaks. He had a ball that I think Stetson was throwing away that he ended up making a play on. Um, but you know, he's not where he needs to be either. There were two missed assignments where he didn't block a guy that that you know in the run game could kill us. We got tackles for a loss and and we end up uh, not blocking a guy. And he—he he, he, he not he didn't really have those kind of plays uh, during the spring.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't really classify him as a blocker. And I understand where Kirby's coming from. You want a guy to be a complete player when you put him on the field. But this guy is a receiver, he's not a
3: blocker. That's also some of Kirby being Kirby. Oh, yeah. everybody's excited about yeah, a reach. So, a yeah, yeah let's, let's knock him down a notch or two. Just make sure he stays humble. Well, but he's not the only tight end like that. I mean, obviously, Brock Bowers like that. We saw, we saw a little flash from the freshman, Oscar Delp. Uh, you throw in Darnell Washington. I want four tight ends out there for Georgia at times. I mean, they, yeah, and I really, uh, I don't classify any of those guys as really tight
1: ends. They're just good football players. Now, you are receivers is what they are. Uh, Brock Bowers is a heck of a blocker. I'll take that. Well, he, yeah, the effort's there, but come <laughs> on, he's a big yeah, receiver. That, that's fair. That's yeah. fair.
3: All right, well, we'll move on. Buck, um, any embarrassing moments? What was the most embarrassing moment of your sports weekend? Well, I was checking out, you know, I'm a college baseball lover. Oh, sure
1: and i was watching uh, tennessee the highly rated volunteers but they lost like one game this year or something they are uh... but their coach uh, tony vitello he absolutely lost it in the game i was watching over the weekend he ran out on that field and he charged that Umpire and he bumped him so hard Uh-oh. the umpire almost fell down. Oh, that's a so suspicion. he got immediately tossed out of the game. And now the NCAA has suspended his butt for four games. Now, you know, the rules you can't bump the I'm like, umpire. What are you doing, yeah. dude? Running out there, charging the umpire, and almost knocking him down by bumping him. You can't get away with that. I, I think this Vitello. Uh, Not Fratello that used to be with the Hawks. But that's, if I'm Tennessee, I might have to pile on here and say, we're going to give you a couple of of more games suspension here. You can't do that. That was embarrassing. And I think less of him because of it. The Tennessee baseball coach. You're right. That sounds like an embarrassing one. Looks like an ego thing to me. We'll keep an eye on it.
3: All right, but, uh Did you catch any of the, uh, the golf yesterday out there in, uh, in Hilton Head? Man, are you kidding? I couldn't pull myself away from it now. I used to live in Savannah, Georgia. Yeah, not too far away, right? Yeah. And
1: played a lot of golf in Hilton Head. And when I was the TV sports anchor for WJCL there in Savannah, we covered the event, the PGA Tour event there in Hilton Head, and it's, it's now one of my favorite events just love it and if you're a golf lover i would say to you right now is check that one off the bucket list this is a wonderful event a wonderful tournament and a great venue to go there and go down and check it out but jordan spieth really impressed with his 566 yesterday got in a playoff with cantlay who got really unfortunate with yeah. the buried lie in the first like, playoff yeah. hole. Uh, no way to get up and down from that lie. And so Spieth able to get back in the winner's circle. And and i tell you what, Spieth, that swing change that he made, is paying off big time, man. He's now number 20 in the world. And during this funk that he was in over the last couple of years, he fell like down to 100th mm-hmm. in the world. But he made this swing change, and it's a pre-shot routine where he's trying to simulate swinging around his body, trying to, it's a shallow club transitional move that he's making to get on plane. And this thing has helped him out big time, man. Great to see Spieth. He's
3: got it back together again. And it was awesome to see him win that event yesterday. He returns to form with with the flat stick. Watch out. Uh, last one, Buck. I'm going to I'm gonna throw a surprise in for you. Tonight, Rays in L.A. We all know what's going on. Freddie Fre- first game against Freddie Freeman and Dodger Blue. What are we going to see? Are we going to see, because uh, we know Fre- Freddie's a friendly guy. Are we going to see hugs and high fives, or are we going to see maybe a little more added intensity?
1: No, no, you're just going to see conversation. Okay. Nothing super friendly? When the Braves reach first base. And, and I'm a little disappointed to Cunha. It's not playing Uh, in this game because, you know, there was some talk there about how Acuna didn't like Freddie getting on him about, uh, you know, doing things the Braves way when Freddie was here. Freddie was just being a captain. I mean, a, a captain should be having conversations like this with some of the young players. But apparently Acuna, you know, he took offense to it. So I'm a little disappointed we well, won't see, like, Ronald on first base and see how he and Freddie interact. We'll see the Dodgers you later in the year. You won't see any hugs during the game okay. or any high-fives or anything. You'll see him talking to these guys as former teammates on first base if they can get there. Kershaw yeah, going tonight. Uh, uh-huh. He didn't let anybody
3: on first base the last time he pitched.
1: Oof. Yeah, I think the Braves fans, though, are pretty good. And I'm sure the Braves players are good with the fact that Matt Olson. Man, he is—he's uh, replacing Freddie, and we gotta like what what he's showing us right there. There we go. That's what's popping out there. That is what's popping, and we got a lot popping going on here at uh, 680. The fan. If I can get to this read real quick,
2: Nernie, did you have a good weekend? You know, I had a great uh, weekend, Buck. I was able to uh, right after the rain passed out on Saturday. I got on the uh, got on the golf course and uh, played maybe the worst round of golf I've ever played in my entire life. But, but you it was didn't good care. to be out. You got no. a chance to get out there and e- do it exactly. Man. My yeah. My mom said she would babysit the daughter for a couple hours. So that yeah, is it was, awesome. It was great. It was great. Yeah, a little quiet time. Hitting that
1: little, who cares what number you wrote down on the scorecard? I hope you weren't playing by PGA Tour rules.
2: No, we uh, triple bogey was uh, was the was the limit. And I hit a uh, you know a dozen of those.
1: Hey, we got the Podcast Park. We got a lot of these on-air hosts here at six eighty. The fan doing more than just doing the shows. I want to invite you to check out our array of incredible podcasts. Podcast Park is brought to you by our good friends at uh, Associated Credit Union. From dogs to braves, apparently to the falcons and to beer. Apparently, we've got you covered like uh, Bucks Beat. I uh, look around, talk bulldogs and braves most of the time. Uh, the southern beat with Dan Matthews, Beer Guys Radio. I'm anxious to check that out and see what that's all about. But uh, you can get these and all of our podcasts at the podcast park or wherever it is you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify. All those good places right there. Let's get to a nugget. Mmm, tasty. Time for the college football nugget. Presented by your locally owned and operated Ace Hardware. Find your neighborhood store at acehardware.com. Well, attendance was low over in Tuscaloosa on Saturday for the A-Day game. And let me tell you, the Alabama critics, who are many, they have been taking some shots at the Alabama Crimson Tide, basically saying that the fans are spoiled with all the success that they've had. And so the attendance was, was so low, man. I mean, the, out, the empty seats outnumbered the, the ones that had fannies in them. And so I contacted one of my Alabama insiders, and I said, what do you attribute the light crowd at A-Day A to? And he says, the weather... The forecast was iffy at best, and plus it was Easter weekend. Bad combination. Sounds like excuses to me. Sounds like some excuses. But i tell you what. Uh, that- They missed out seeing Bryce Young play the game. We're talking about the top offensive player in college football. 14-29 for 153. The stats, I don't really pay attention to the stats in a spring football game. Bryce Young is spectacular, better than he was a year ago. And how about Jameer Gibbs, Nerny? Did you see this? He was Alabama's offensive MVP, and he broke off a 73-yard touchdown run. The former Tech running back.
2: You could actually see if you're watching the highlight, he's not used to seeing holes like that on the offensive oh line. Goodness. So he actually stopped and turned around for a second just to to see that <laughs> that hole actually existed. And then he uh, he took off. He's well, going to be a freak behind this, this line. Oh, screen.
1: there's no doubt he's going to have a huge season. Jermaine Burton caught Bryce Young's first pass of the spring game. The former Georgia Bulldog wide receiver. And uh, Will Anderson Jr. could have put on a show if they would have allowed him to sack Bryce Young. But he understands why they don't want him sacking Bryce Young. Alabama has some offensive line starters out. So Anderson would have killed Bryce Young in that game. Tide is still uh, leading the way with elite talent. They're loaded. And they are the clear favorite in 2022. Make no mistake about it. In spite of that lame crowd they had over there. And there's the nugget for you. All right, we got the NFL draft coming up. Ten days and counting before the Falcons make that first-round pick. Right now, today, at this very moment, Falcons pick number eight in the first round. And I'm wondering, would this be the year they would take a Georgia Bulldog player, especially in the first round? I mean, if Trayvon Walker is not off the board wouldn't that be the no-brainer pick for the Atlanta Falcons? Desperate for defensive linemen. Desperate for somebody that gets get some heat on the quarterback. Wouldn't this be a great fit? Or even Jordan Davis. I know he's going to be available at eight. They could use another interior defensive lineman so Grady Jarrett's not getting quadruple teamed on every play. And why wouldn't they be considering the Kobe Dean? And I heard the locker room, they're talking about his height. And I I don't even blink an eye at, at what, a 5'10", 5'11". I mean, dude's a baller, man. I mean, you put him in the middle of that defense, he's running people down from the inside out. He is covering receivers. He is stuffing running backs. He's getting after the quarterback. And his instincts are the best I've seen at linebacker in years, snuffing out plays, anticipating what is about to go down. Why wouldn't the Falcons consider these three guys with that first-round pick? Did you see where Dean Pease, the old-timer, the defensive coordinator for the Falcons, I, I saw this over the weekend, I just had to fit it in the show, where Dean Pease was quoted as saying that that he hopes that Fontenot will use all nine picks on defense. All nine picks. They've got needs at edge rusher, defensive tackle, linebacker, cornerback, and safety. And yet when you see these mock drafts, the insiders, the analysts, the uh, the evaluators, they all seem to be fixated on the Falcons taking a wide receiver at eight, which I just hope they do not do. We took a receiver with a top 10 pick a year ago in Kyle Pitts. So I don't necessarily want to see the Falcons go with Garrett Wilson, uh, Jameson Williams, that USC dude that a lot of people like. I'm just saying. And look, thoughts and prayers going out to Bob Harrison's family, former Falcons coach and scout. I got to know Bob when he was a uh, Georgia Bulldog assistant went to Tennessee as a volunteer assistant football coach, and then his career started with the or uh, continued with the Falcons as an assistant and a scout. And just always thought very highly of Bob Harrison, and I'm going to miss seeing him around. Rest in peace, Bob. Let's get to the Bulldog Roundtable. The fan is proud to be the official sports talk station of the dogs, And it's time for Bulldog Roundtable with Buck Balloon. 25-20, first like 15 get in there, touchdown! Bulldog Roundtable is proudly presented by Georgia's own credit union, How Glover, Georgia Pack and Load, Triple A, and by attorney Ken Nugent. And that's going to be the ballgame. Georgia will win this ballgame. Only on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM talk about this georgia defense which as i saw on saturday is a real work in progress Now i'm not saying they're going to be lousy this season this season what i'm saying is they've got a lot of work to do in the summer camp leading into the season look the defensive line they got jalen carter and i believe jalen carter is the best player on this georgia football team number 88 defensive lineman Hard to handle. Preseason All-SEC, you're going to see him. And you'll see him make some All-American teams. Jalen Carter is a man. So that's going to help up front. But what about the rest of the crew? Uh, I got to see uh, Zion Logue there at the nose tackle spot, and he looks legit. Did not get to see Walthor, who did not participate in the G-Day scrimmage on Saturday. He was dinged up a little bit. But he looks like the guy that's going to replace Trayvon Walker at that defensive end spot. So the starters look really solid to me on the defensive line. But what about behind them? A lot of unanswered questions when you start rotating defensive linemen into the game. They've got some work to do there during the summer camp. Uh, Edge rusher. I know Nolan Smith's a player. And I think Robert Beal can play at a really solid level. And I believe M.J. Sherman will be the third guy that will rotate in there at the edge rusher spot. But beyond that, they have a lot of unanswered questions coming off the edge. Inside linebacker. Got to see Jeman Dumas Johnson, who I've been waiting to see, heard a lot about him during the spring. Young football player. But looks like he will be a starter at that inside linebacker spot. And we're talking about a guy that is 230 pounds, a real physical player. Trez Marshall looked pretty good. But behind them, they've got nothing but young, freshman, first-year, second-year players behind those two guys. So, again, that position, inside linebacker, there's going to be drop-off. How much is the question? They need to establish some quality depth during the summer camp portion of uh, the process, as Nick Saban and Kirby say. Safety, I think, is really solid with Chris Smith. Uh, you got uh, Jackson back there. Tyke Smith is going to fit. And then this young freshman, uh, Malachi Starks, looks like he's got a chance to be something really special. So I think safety is, is a really comfortable position group for them right now. Cornerback Ringo's a star. And you saw that in the national championship game as he put ice on that national, that natty. Uh, Ringo's a star. Poole is the starter at the other cornerback. And I think that is, uh, he's legit. But beyond that, what do they have? They might have to hit the transfer portal at the cornerback position. Georgia has a chance to be really good on defense. If the starters, if the top 11 stay healthy, and then the work-in-progress phase, and it is critical that during summer camp leading into the season, they coach these young dudes up. They get these guys ready to rotate into the game. And if somebody gets hurt, then somebody's going to be ready to step in and play. Defensive line, first level of the defense. Linebacker, second level of the defense. Secondary, third level of the defense. All a work-in-progress as you talk about having some quality depth. And as we come back, man, I'm going to critique the quarterback play. I'll talk about Stetson and Carson Beck. Coming up next, Buck show here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7. It's the
4: Buck show on Atlanta. A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen,
0: Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.
1: Sports station, the fans, 680 and 93.7. Hopefully your Monday's going well. Appreciate you hanging out with us here on the fan. Got Nick and Chris coming up next. Final segment of the show. I better get busy. Talking about these Georgia quarterbacks I saw at G-Day. And let me just say it was fun seeing Gunner Stockton get out there for a little bit. Got a chance to meet his family and follow his career very closely. And so I'm very uh, interested in how things are going for the young freshman. Great to see him get a little playing time. They didn't get him out there very much. Brock Vandegrift got to play a little bit, and he looks like he's getting better also. Second year with the program. But I tell you what, the top two guys look really good to me. And you've heard me say on the show, after Stetson Bennett won me over, you know, last year, early in the year, I was on that JT Daniels bandwagon. Want to see the dogs have J.T. Daniels in there because he was the best passer on the team, and I wanted to see the dogs throwing it. Well, Stetson emerged as the guy, and he won me over with his performance level. And I tell you what, Stetson Bennett, don't don't be fixated on the statistics where you see Stetson was fifteen of thirty-five in the game, had a couple of picks, no problem. Stetson Bennett in complete control of this offense, complete control, knows it inside now, and he can sling it too, man. He is slinging that ball all over the field. Love how he's elusive, tough to get your hands on when you're rushing the passer. That comes in handy, and he's the leader of the football team. With Stetson Bennett and this offense wide open, which I'm hoping it will be, they're going to get a ton of big plays this season. And then Carson Beck, my goodness, Carson Beck, looks pro-caliber. His skill set, six foot five, 225 pounds, big arm, and he can throw it with touch and accuracy. I love that about him. He sees the field really well, his vision. I give him an A for that. You see him working the entire field and then checking it down real quick. Manipulates and manages the pocket very well. Yeah, Carson Beck's one play away from being the starter. And I am sold on both of these quarterbacks coming into the season. And sold on the new book I've got out, too, Inside the Hedges. Dropped on Saturday. Had my first book signing at the UGA Bookstore. We've got book signing number two coming up this Saturday and coming at Universities Forever, 12-2, that's 2080 Ronald Reagan Boulevard between exit 13 and 14 on 400. I'll do a live show from 11 to 12, book signing from 12 to 2. Georgia Alumni Red Coat Band's going to be out there. You can order the book right now at InsideTheHedges.com. First book signing went well. Hopefully you can come out and see me on Saturday and would appreciate it if you would consider ordering the book InsideTheHedges.com. Got Nick and Chris coming up Next a great rest of the day everybody well, thank you both
0: support for extra 1063 comes from natural body spa and skin remedy celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in store and online you can discover mother's day and anniversary presents online at natural body spa and skin remedy at naturalbody.com
4: this morning in the atlanta airport no one's missing a meal on mac wilburn's watch